Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Glad you're with us each and every week for the Sikkim Podcast. John Morris, Brooke Bednars, and glad to have with us this week Baylor baseball pitching coach, assistant coach John Strauss is with us. And uh, here we are in late August, yeah, last week of August. And, uh, Coach, always a good time to talk baseball. We appreciate you being with us. I'm glad to be here. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Well, how have you been? I mean, yeah. this is not. <laughs> I think we should just start that way with every person we have on the show. Just how have you been? Because this is not nothing about this has been normal. No, not at all. Um, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. So that, that's the best part. But, you know, we're just getting ready and want to coach these guys again. I know um, we went to Cal Poly. And my plan getting back from Cal Poly in March was to cut my hair. <laughs> and then we came back and we were in quarantine. And I, I actually said, I'm not going to cut my hair until I get to coach again. Wow. And it's been six months. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing is Nikki actually likes it, my wife. Nice. So That's I actually good. have it. If she didn't like it, I probably would have it. So <laughs> nice. I have long hair. It kinda... there's, there's a flow going on. Everyone uh, can't see, but it's a it's... good look. Good, good looking flow. You're a California guy. That kind yeah. of like <laughs> yeah. So my surfer look right now, yes. When was the last time your hair was this long? I can't. Remember if high I've school? ever done this. High I, school? Never high school. Really? Maybe when I was a little kid. And yeah. My mom didn't want to deal with taking <laughs> to get a haircut, but I, I've never, ever been a long hair. Playing baseball. Uh, now, you've seen some of our players over the years, like Wenzel, who has right. crazy hair, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't work in the hat and out in the heat. So uh, I don't now, know how he does it. I, it's 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 a trademark look yeah. for him. Yeah. Staple. Looks good. Looks good on it you. It looks it really good does. when you can hit. If you can't hit, <laughs> you, he would have probably cut that right. long ago. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, we're glad you're with us this week heading into your uh, sixth season here at Baylor. We're going to say last year was a – was season number five, even though it was cut short, but heading into your six, (laughs) 20 plus years of uh, collegiate coaching also. And uh, you came here with Coach Rod uh, when he came here as our head coach. How did you guys get connected? What's the history there between you and him? Uh, Competing against each other, being in Southern California, recruiting, you, you know, he was a guy that you'd see on the road you know if you know coach rod you know he just is so good at making friends and he's got a great personality so you would hang out with him on the road i remember when we competed i went to long beach state coached there in the dirt bag tough kids just played hard and we would drive down the malibu to this beautiful campus looking at the ocean and you would play pepperdine and they would come at you and they would outgrind you and tough you i really respected the way they played and when he called me with that opportunity, um, I just thought it was, it was a great place to be. I, I love Pepperdine. I love the Christmas atmosphere, the private school. So I, I jumped on board, and uh, you know it's been 
I don't know how long, 12, 12, 13 years we've been together. Yeah. yeah. So longer than a lot of marriages. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's interesting. So Long Beach State has that image of, you know, dirtbags is their unofficial nickname. Pepperdine, you know, expensive school, their different image. But you say under Coach Rod that they were they were kind of tough guys, too. Very tough. It, w- it wouldn't be what you you expect from a private school and obviously a very affluent area. Yeah. But you would come in there and they could beat anybody. They had good teams, and they just played so hard. And that's a, that's obviously a character of his, their head coach. And Rod is a tough guy. He was a tough-nosed ball player. And um, like I said, that's how I grew up learning the game. You just out-competed. At Long Beach State, we didn't have the greatest teams. We just were out-competed guys. And that's exactly what Rod did with that Pepperdine team. And that's just very attractive to, to the way I did it. So tell us about that phone call, or was it one of the times that you guys were, you know, you'd come across each other, and how'd that conversation kind of even spark to where you guys were working together? His pitching coach, Sean Kenny, a great coach, good friend of mine, he left uh, and went to Maryland, and Rod just called and said, would you be interested? And at that point, yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of an easy decision. Uh, now, I was leaving Long Beach State, my alma mater, but you kind of get stuck in a rut doing the same thing. And as much as I was comfortable there, it's it was something new and different. And, um, it, you know, he, I think Steve really likes people he can trust. That That's really important to him. Uh, it's not always who's the best coach. He wants someone he could trust, someone that believed in the same things he did. And he saw that in me. And, um you know, that, that, that decision from my side was pretty easy. I don't know who else was a candidate. I don't know who else he called, but I, I got the job, and I'm very fortunate for it. I think you were the only one. You yeah, were, we're going to go with that. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. you got to tell everybody, though, about your commute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, when, you took, when you were living in Long Beach, but you took the job at Pepperdine. Living in Long Beach, door-to-door is 44 miles to Pepperdine, which is not really that far. So, you know, living in Long Beach, having a wife and two kids, <laughs> just started driving, and <laughs> – Started driving and kept driving for years. <laughs> the longer I, it went, the harder it was to move because now I have a son in high school. They're entrenched. And the the thing about Malibu, it's it, it's really expensive. And as much as I had asked Rod to pay me $5 million a year, he just, he just wouldn't do it. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so you just can't live there. So I would have had to move you know, 20 miles away. And in my head, that made no sense. Yeah. I'm going to sell my house to move 20 miles closer. So right. I drove and drove and the longer I did it, the more I couldn't. And drove and, 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 just and drove. And so, so, drove. yeah. <laughs> so I'm picturing this as this beautiful drive along the Pacific ocean, but you see that drive <laughs> a little different, don't you? The first maybe year it was great. Yeah. But after a while, it's just, let's get going. Let's move. I've seen the ocean. Uh, I don't care if you've seen it or not. Just start, pull over and watch right. the ocean so I can get by and get home. Right. It's, it's sad to think that, but you know, I, I didn't stop and jump in the ocean. Like I said, I sometimes wanted to drive into the ocean, being frustrated with a drive, but uh, I just want to get home. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so you were with Rod at Pepperdine how many years? I got there in two thousand and ten. Okay, started there in ten. Great program. First couple years, we were really bad, and I thought it was probably my fault. And I was really worried because I turned this program into a horrible program. And then uh, starting 2012, we got, got it back going again, and, and we're very successful um, all the way through, I think, our last year there, 2015. So I want to know, obviously, you, you talked a lot about, you know, what attracted you to working with Coach Rod, um, just that hard-nosed kind of a team that he had built at Pepperdine. But then he convinced you to 
moved to Texas mm-hmm. after your pretty much entire coaching career being in California. Um, and there's no ocean here. Yeah. We have some lakes. Brazos, <laughs> we have the Brazos. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you got a different view of water yes. here. Um, you know, tell us about that move to Texas and, you know, why were you so confident that you were happy to pick up your family and move them to Texas? Well, number one, he asked me, which, which was a great, uh, honor uh my family was okay with it which was another stuff that they didn't have an issue at all i had been here i played here i was a coach of loyola marymount we played a three-game series here when i was with pepperdine we came out here and played a game so i was familiar with the area familiar with the unbelievable facilities uh so it wasn't that hard to, to imagine us being here with what we were able to do at Pepperdine with very limited resources with a school that was very expensive 11.7 scholarships and just we didn't have lights. We didn't have the things that some schools had to know we could come out here with what we had done there with all the resources we had. It was kind of like, let's, let's get this, let's do it. Mm -hmm. We're still young enough to get out here and see what we can do in this environment. So that was very intriguing that the things that we could provide our student athletes that they really need with the nutrition and all that stuff that we just couldn't have. So um, that made it, you know, very easy to come out here. So Baylor and the Big 12 uh, compared very favorably to the situation you were in at, Mal- at uh, Malibu at Pepperdine. Yeah. I mean, this is a hard conference. I think overall uh, it, it's unforgiving offensively. The WCC had great pitching. It was the one thing it, it probably could be, be a name for is they, they had pitching. Uh, every team you played would have pitching. Now sometimes the depth would fall off pretty quickly. We're out here with, with the Big 12. You're going to see a lot deeper depth going through and then the lineups are just there's probably a little more a few more hitters in those lineups but uh it's still baseball you, st- you can still out compete guys and, and do some things to, to win and your family uh was there any convincing to to get everybody to move to waco no i mean my kids weren't really sure but you know first of all as much as we asked them i don't know if they really had a choice <laughs> my wife said mom okay. and dad yeah. say yeah. Um, you're coming I can't. I don't know if you could go somewhere where people would treat you so welcomely in the world. I mean, coming out here, it was amazing how people would treat you. We were not outsiders; that we were embraced, and we came in, and people would just help us any way they could. It was very welcoming, and the learning the yes sir, no sir, that was hard. That's just not something that you're used to in California. Yeah. I know as a coach, when a player would say yes sir to me that was usually meant they were blowing me off and get away but when you come out here there's actually meaning to it so my kids learning that's the way you communicate um and and also understanding that's the way texas kids will communicate so i I knew that was a sign of respect the big summer clearance event is still underway at allen samuels in waco now update your essential transportation needs with zero percent financing and no payments for 90 days on almost everything in stock brand new ram 1500 lone star crew cabs ready to roll with zero for 72 and no payments for 90 days and ram tradesman express quad cabs feature up to eighty five hundred dollars in values we'll save you thousands at your friend in the car business allen samuels Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. 
Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. We're here with assistant baseball coach John Strauss, pitching coach specifically. We just talked a little bit about your decision to move to Baylor. Um, you, you told us you weren't ever a big surfer. Uh, what about your kids? Did they did they do anything like that, or, or were they welcome and happy to kind of try something new? They're welcome to try something new. I mean, my son, oldest son, came out here and got to play. It was on the baseball team. I think for my youngest son, playing football in Texas was very special. It's a whole other level playing football. And he had just started getting into it in California and then coming in here and playing football. I got here, I think, in seventh grade. So starting full contact pad football was amazing. And he just loves football so much. And then going through a whole, you know, at Midway High School, high level 6A football was something that he'll always remember. So I think. At the end of the day, maybe they were not as excited going out, but when they got here, I think it, it really has helped them out. Well, your youngest is Brayden, yes. correct? And he he just grad. He was one of the 2020 mm. senior high school COVID graduates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what an awful name for that. Yeah, yeah that is a rough. Yeah. What was that like? And and kind of walk us through. You know, did they have a graduation? Did they get to do those things? And we, we had a graduation, a socially distant graduation, and they all were spread out on the football field. Uh, so they actually got to do that. But being at home, it's a challenge not being around your friends. I mean, you just we're so such social creatures just your senior year but fortunately he got through football that's great that didn't stop for him it's awful for the spring sports and he was just stuck at home um which you know for for his his mom and myself was probably a good thing that we got to see him a little more but i don't think he found us as entertaining as his <laughs> friends uh, and then my oldest son casey came home once once baylor was shut down so it, it was kind of cool to have them all home and, and bond and have dinner at the table uh, we started walking the dog every night, which was a completely new thing. That that dog is our dog Cutter is twelve. I don't think he'd ever been on a walk. <laughs> and now every night about eight o'clock, he stares at us like, "Let's go." So he got to, we got to take him for a walk every night. So we, we had a lot of family bonding. But you know, at the end of the day, they need to get out and get back to school, and they're, they're very happy they're here. And Brady is uh, here at Baylor now. You Baylor, mentioned that, yeah. and uh, going to walk on the football team. We're waiting for a call. When, uh, when that working, position when that call, opens up. Yeah. Coach Aranda, yeah. you, you know, if you can get my number, you can get my email if you want. But we, he, we got a lot of pool here on the second podcast. I'm sure he will. He's probably listens to it right now. Um, yeah, I mean, he would love to. He's working out. Uh, he loves the game. He, he knows the game inside and out. Just waiting for that opportunity. But he'll be ready. Brady really bulked up through high school, didn't he? He, you know, the one thing he, he did during this pandemic is he worked out every day just, you know, for the opportunity that, that hopefully will be there one day, whether it's, you know, this year, or next year. He's 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 working hard. He's still he's still been working out since he's been here. There are a lot of coaches when you look just across all the sports whose kids ultimately decide to stick around and come come to Baylor. And you guys just moved him in. Now you're empty nesters. Mm. Um, you know, what do you think it says about? This sports aside, what do you think it says about Baylor and this community that Waco has kind of built around the school that the coaches, kids, yourself included, you know, want to stick around? Well, this is an amazing place. I mean, and like you're saying, take the athletics out of it. I think you're going to be very happy just being a regular student at Baylor. And my, and my oldest son's an engineering major, Casey, and he absolutely loves it. And I think sometimes, unfortunately, our student athletes do miss a lot of what Baylor is because they're on the field, they're competing. But they're, Baylor is so much more. There's so many things to do. My son went uh, took Spanish 
in Central America a couple of years ago. He spent wow. the summer there, which is unbelievable experience, which our athletes really don't get to do because they're, they're, they're competing all the time. So the Baylor's just got so much to offer. And I know there's a tuition exchange program at Baylor with, with a lot of other really good schools, but it's hard to get kids in here because nobody from Baylor leaves. It's an exchange. Mm. You, you mean, you know, students have to leave from, from the faculty and nobody leaves here. So we can't really use it, especially when recruiting, we, we try to do it, but you know, none of these Baylor people will leave. Mm-hmm. I know <laughs> Co- Coach Rod, when we were at Pepperdine, he actually, his, his oldest daughter, Julia was looking into Baylor, but no one would leave Baylor for her to exchange. So he, she couldn't get it. And that's why I guess Rod probably moved his whole family. Out of <laughs> so she could go. Well, to here we go. And then we will so bring, just have to bring everybody. <laughs> and Casey's set to graduate December Casey or May? Casey will graduate in May. May. Okay. Engineering major. What he's going to do with that, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he's really, really smart. I yeah. don't know if he's looking into uh, a master's, which I know you have some insight yes. in there. My son, MJ. Yeah. MJ, we'll have to be talking to him about that, yeah. whether – uh, but, but Casey loves it. He, you know, he didn't have to come here. We looked at other schools. He looked at A&M, um, but this is just where he wanted to be. He just liked the campus and the atmosphere and no knock on A&M, but you know, it was his decision and, and he chose Baylor. That's terrific. How, how are you feeling about being an empty nester? Even though they're here, you're still going to see them around there. They stayed close for you, yes. but. It hasn't set in yet. My wife and I have been together this summer every day, which is we've never been through our entire life together, but never been together. And we are still married. So I, it's, I think we're going to last. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Once we get back to normal or whatever that normal is and I get to start working, and she's, she's plenty busy too. So, uh, But we've been around each other a lot now and um, doing things together. So it, it's worked out pretty well. And but I'm sure she wants cutter. me out here. We still have Cutter for, for a few more years, and he gets the brunt of the attention now. <laughs> Let's go back to uh, last season, shortened season. You guys only played 16 games last year. You had that terrific tournament down in Houston, mm-hmm. the uh, Shriners Hospital for Children's Classic. Three wins over three SEC teams, two of those comeback wins, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, uh, I guess, the highlight weekend in a shortened season. Where, where did you, for your uh, pitchers, your pitching staff, where did you feel like you were headed with that team? last year i was real confident in where we were we didn't lose much on the mound from the year before kyle hill all-american uh guy didn't give up a run we that's that's a lot but other than that we we had a lot of pieces returning we had some pretty good recruits i honestly i was more concerned with the offense we lost so much with on offense two first rounders richie cunningham who was here for i think 12 years uh, <laughs> it seems like it. uh cole herring uh Josh Bissonette, who was our, our first recruit when we got here. So we lost so much on offense. That was being more my worry is how we're going to score runs. Uh, that The team, you know, I think at that point started scoring runs. Uh, the bullpen became locked down again. I think a lot of our success, especially the last four years, has been our bullpen. We, we've had some really amazing bullpens. And something I learned long ago is when, when you lose games late, it kills your team. And it was, it was really – we've made a point to really have strong bullpens, maybe to sacrifice a starter – to have a stronger bullpen. And I think that's worked out pretty good. Um, you know, having, you know, two All-American closers and a yeah. guy that was well on his way until it all shut down. When you're looking at your bullpen, what are the characteristics? Because obviously every pitcher has his own thing, mm-hmm. what he specializes in. Um, that's why they switch in and out all mm-hmm. the time. But what would you say is an overarching characteristic of the guys that you are looking to coach here at Baylor when it comes to the bullpen? Well, they have to have a pitch. You know, I think the benefit of being in the bullpen is you don't need a lot of pitches. You just need one really good pitch that can get guys out. You don't need to worry about getting a guy out twice. You're going to only get them out. You're only going to see them one time. Um, 
there's a toughness aspect there. You got to be able to go out there with the game on the line. Uh, that might be the hardest thing to figure out because in the fall, you just don't have those opportunities. I cannot create the situation of you being in Lubbock with all those people yelling at you and the wind blowing out. I can't do that here in the fall. So until you do it, you don't. Um, but you kind of get to know a kid, what's inside of them, what makes them tick. Um, do they have short memories? Uh, the other benefit that we've had here is we've had two guys in, in Montemayor and Hill that have been great mentors for our guys. I, I couldn't draw it up any better mm-hmm. to have guys with that experience. And Troy and, and Kyle were so successful, but very different in the way they approached it. You know, Troy was so cocky. You talk about belief in self. Some guys fake it, but Troy – believed in himself he never thought anyone was going to hit him and that's what made him special Kyle Hill was a little more introverted uh he would really be the thinking about what he could do better uh he, he you know he's confident but he was just a different confident uh and then so for a guy like Boyd to be around those guys for for three or four years what a great experience for those I don't have to do much when mm-hmm. you have those kind of guys you had uh, a couple of years ago the bullpen staff that were the old guys, the old guys. yeah, veteran guys, been around a lot. That was special, wasn't it? I mean, you don't have that very often. Just the character of those guys, number one. I mean, the success was unbelievable. Just the character. Alex Phillips um, is probably a guy that you'd always want on your team, even when he wasn't pitching. It was such a joy. Uh, Joe Heineman, who we put in every horrific situation you could possibly imagine. Joe, here, basically, nobody out, go get him. And he would get out of it. Wow. You know, that's why we called him a magician. It was, it was amazing with the stuff he had was very limited. He didn't throw really hard, but he found a way to get guys out. And then Drew Robertson, who's a guy that had a huge accident that probably shouldn't have been walking again, who just tried out for our team. He was a nobody. And to, to do what he did, it's just it's the stories of the guys that we yeah. had. That's the part I like. It's just not these superstars that walk in here. It's guys that have a, a, a backstory that have some kind of grit to them that have failed miserably. That's the part. I, and I always tell our pitchers, and we have guys, our guys have failed miserably. Um, Boyd's been a failure. Hill, his freshman year was horrible. Jimmy has been, Winston's been horrible. These guys all failed, but they all succeeded. They'd all been through that. So they can help our new guys. Like, Hey, you're going to fail. These guys have been through it. These guys can help you. Well, now when you have guys that have never failed, it's hard for them to Mm. pass on the knowledge of how to get through it. But for guys that we have now, they've been at the bottom, but but they found the way to get to the top. So it's really refreshing that they can, they have real experience to, to help our younger guys out. What would you say the mindset was? I mean, obviously, there's what everyone assumes of upset, seasons canceled uh, because of COVID, uh, stopped short. You guys, you know, you talked about the tournament. You guys swept all the SEC teams. That was exciting. Momentum moving forward and then screeching halt. Um, How have you guys been able to kind of, you know, speak with them, kind of keep them in a positive mindset? for the fact that, hey, you know, we're all coming back. We're, we're going to do this again. And, and then what was that like? I mean, you guys got the opportunity from the NCAA to get those guys back. Well, the opportunity would not be here unless Mac Rhodes allowed that. For him to allow those seniors to come back, uh, I don't know if he'll understand how important it was to those guys because they, they wouldn't have been able to come back without those scholarships. And we wouldn't have been able to put the program together without that. I mean, you, you know the cost of the school. So, so that opportunity is just something that they will – you know, they'll, they'll never forget, uh, for him doing that. Um, when it's happened, I don't know if we really understood what was happening. You're kind of in shock. You didn't think it would go on very long. We didn't know, um, what, what the coronavirus is all about. So it's going to be a couple weeks, you know, we'll, we'll keep in shape. And then all of a sudden they canceled the world series, which was a shock. And I think 
our first instinct is why would you cancel it now? It's, it's only mm -hmm. it's three months from now. What, what are we doing? Why mm -hmm. wait? Well, now you look into it. Of course, it, it wouldn't have happened. So our guys are excited to be back. Um, we've been on Zoom, which I'm sure they're sick of Zoom. We haven't really been with them just yet. Um, at some point, we will. Once it, we get the all clear and everybody goes through their testing, we'll be with them. Um, but I, I think they're very excited. We have our freshmen, the new guys on campus. And um, this is a really special group. We thought we had a special group last year and, and with the guys we have coming back. I mean, we lost Nick Lofton, who's a who's a special player, but I think there's enough here to, to continue the tradition we've, we've started here a few years ago. What's the challenge for you guys uh, roster-wise with, <laughs> with guys coming back? It's going to be competitive. Yeah. Uh, it'll be, a, you know, the biggest roster I think any of us have ever had. <laughs> um with the number of games, you just we don't know exactly. Are we going to have 56? Is, are they going to shorten it? That's still up in the air. I don't think we'll really need to worry about that just yet. Um, but, you know, competitive. And in this climate, it may be necessary if a couple guys go down, um, which unfortunately may happen. We have we lose a couple guys that, that might get it. Um, so this this roster might be necessary to get, get through a season. It's kind of like with the major leagues having that 60-man player pool. A lot of teams are using it because they need it, uh, unfortunately. So we might need every single one of these. I think we might have about 45 possible guys in our roster. Wow. <laughs> um, but very challenging, very challenging. And a lot of older older pitchers that, that have had success. Um, but, you know, we, we everybody gets here and we start from scratch. Who The best guys are going to play, you know, so – We'll find a way to get get yeah. them all working. You need a bigger locker room. Don't you? <laughs> well, we do need a better locker room. Um, I don't know what we're going to do. That that'll be interesting once we get to that. We haven't quite gotten to the locker room just yeah. yet. That's not the priority. <laughs> it's, it's trying to get our guys healthy and on. But yeah, at some point we'll have to be inside the locker room, and uh, guys might be getting really close. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. To say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. Bentwood Realty is a full-service real estate firm with more than 70 high-achieving agents who desire to make a positive impact in their local communities. Their agents stay actively involved in all buying, selling, and investing real estate transactions to make sure their clients receive the utmost level of service. Established in 2011 by brokers Kim Galvan and Rick Hines, both proud Baylor alumni, call Bentwood Realty today, 254-300-4800. They're at 601 Lake Air Drive in Waco and Bentwood realty.com we're visiting with coach john strauss baylor baseball this week's sikkim podcast we encourage you to uh, subscribe to the podcast on apple spotify wherever you get your podcast catch us each week for a new sikkim podcast presented by alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram fiat your friend in the car business and uh coach talking about your pitchers fun to, i'm sure it's fun for you to watch them come through here develop uh probably all those guys come in thinking they're going to play professional ball <laughs> some some make some it some 
are there. Daniel Castano is one of those who's recently called up to the uh, Miami Marlins. Has had, uh, as we record this, a couple of starts uh, in the big leagues. That's uh, fun to see. What have you seen from Daniel? His presence on the mound is unlike what I've seen before. He is so mature on the mound, and that's that's something that I would battle with him here because he was he's so high strung and he lived off every pitch, good and bad. But my biggest thing with him was to try to just slow it down. You got to go one pitch at a time. You can't let one pitch affect the other. You can't be bouncing off of walls. I told you a story that his first start when we were here against uh, Washington, it, it was our first night. I think it was in the seventies, like a picture perfect night in February. And I'm down the line. Daniel comes walking down the line, sweating. <laughs> he had some kind of energy drink in his hand. He smelled of Ben gay and everything on his body. And like, Dan, what are you doing? <laughs> if you can't get through opening night, yeah. I don't know if you're going to make it. You're trying to do this, you know, 15 times in college or 30 times. You shouldn't have to get up when you're, you're 21 years old. It shouldn't take much to get you excited on opening night. So uh, that was kind of comical. And I think in the first inning, we doubled to score a run. And he was jumping up and down the dugout like, Dan, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. And to see what he is now on the mound is very composed. You can really tell he's under control. He didn't always make the best pitches, but he was under control every pitch, which is really a big sign of maturity for him. Well, what does it say about him? You know, I was doing research for this podcast and as soon as um, he was announced, you know, you, you go look at his Instagram uh, and just the post of thanking everyone that helped him get there. He's Baylor's 44th major leaguer and, you know, just talking or reading about what he wrote and talking about all the different opportunities. But he, he did point out that, you know, he was a 19th round pick in the 2016 draft and just, you know, how he took that, took the opportunity and advanced forward. What does that say about the guys that come through this program that, you know, the, any opportunity they get, whether it's the first round or the 19th, that they're going to do what they can to, to take the most advantage of that? Well, once you're in the system, there's a chance. Now, the system is stacked against you a little bit because it comes into a business where you're, you're getting a million dollars, you're going to have way more chances. So Dan had to fight for every opportunity he had. Nothing was handed to him. He didn't you know, get a million dollars in the draft. He had to fight. And you know, part of it was probably him having to mature in the work ethic. He, he's just a different guy. You know, we, we would battle a lot when he was here because he's high-strung and I'm intense. But him coming back to Baylor every, every offseason, you could really tell the change in the work ethic and, and how serious he took it now he's married now so sometimes that allows you to kind of channel yourself and slow things down and he, he's just a different guy listening to the way he talks the way he goes about it uh he's really on the right track but but he definitely fought for it nothing was handed to him and I, and I know he is very appreciative of his family and his coaches not just myself but any coach he's had and and all the people around he, he's just turned into a really quality uh a man now which is which is the most important thing that we do. Yeah. I mean, the big leagues is great, but we have plenty of guys that walk through here that aren't going to pitch in the big leagues that I'm just as proud of yeah. uh, just because of what they do. We get them at, at 17, 18, and then they're going to walk out of here and they're going to have to start their lives. And um, that's just as important as winning a baseball game in, in my aspect. Yeah, absolutely. So you have two sons at home, two at Baylor, but uh, you've got all these guys that you've coached through the years. Uh, that's That's got to be a fun part of coaching as long as you have is just staying in touch with these guys and watching them like Daniel, you know, mature and grow and get married and have his own family and, and just watch those guys uh, evolve and mature through the years. That's the best part of it, uh, especially here. We've – Rod and I have been to so many weddings in the last couple of years, which is great. Now, one thing, they're getting married real quick here, uh, but just going to weddings and seeing them and, want, and they still want you in their lives. 
which, which kind of, that's pretty cool um, to go through that. But the older I get, that I'm getting old now, the more I start appreciating it. I would say when I was younger, I probably didn't appreciate yeah. it as much. You just want to get on to the next team and let's go, let's go, let's go. Well, now you get older and you start really appreciating Joe Heinemans of the world. I mean, I, I miss him and Kyle Hill. I, I, I do a better job keeping in touch with guys now than I did in, in the past because you're just, you're on to the next game, the next season. But, um, you know, I really start missing those guys. Um, sometimes during the game, I start missing Joe. <laughs> I can't call him down to the bullpen. I hear that. You mentioned a lot of weddings. Uh, we actually spoke with a, another coach, Joey McGuire. He officiated a <laughs> wedding of a former player of his. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I definitely suggest going back after this one and hearing all about that. But um, on the other hand, you, he, he wasn't a pitcher here, but he was here for a long time. Richard Cunningham, oh, he has been officiating yeah. weddings. I'm sure those are several weddings that you have attended. Uh, what? What is that like to see? You know, we just talked about them maturing and all that, and, and now they're marrying each other off. <laughs> Richie is, I mean, if, if anybody's been, you've all been around him, what a special young man. Um, he, it's, we joke that he was here for so long, but I would take him for another 10 years. He's a guy that you always want. He did the right thing. His intent was right. He's everything that Baylor wants out of their student athletes. Um but and then he goes into officiating that just tells what his teammates think of him. Uh, and this is what we tell recruits about this place and how special it is that understand when you get married, these are the guys that are going to be in your wedding party because every wedding we go in, there's the lineup right there. <laughs> it's right there. It's yeah. Dodson and Menard and McLean. They're all in everybody's wedding. And then you got Richie standing there, you know, officiating it. That, that's that's what you're going to get out of this place. And we're going to win games because we can coach and we've got good players. But that's, at the end of the day, what's going to be more important to you. Those guys, those groomsmen in your wedding and, and coming back to alumni games and joking around. That's, that's more important. And that's, that's more what we're about. But, but don't get me wrong. We want to win. <laughs> undersell that. I understand. Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wrap, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. John Strauss, our guest on this week's Sikkim Podcast. Uh, again, uh, download it and subscribe to the Sikkim Podcast and catch a new edition every week. What uh, we, we As we record this, it's the first week of classes on campus. What are you guys doing now with, with this year's team? What can you do at this point here in the fall? We'll have a team meeting here, unfortunately, probably on Zoom Second. again, just kind of going over the rules uh, that we go over every year. We don't have crazy rules, just want guys to you know, do the right thing, which I think a lot of our guys do. We don't worry too much. Um, and just kind of waiting for the go-ahead from uh, you know Kenny Boyd and his staff when we can get going. I mean, we're in a hurry, but 
I don't want to get too uh, anxious about it because we'll, we'll be out there when the time is right. And our guys are very anxious, and we're just trying to keep them under control and understand, hey, we will be where we need to be when we need to be there. Don't, don't worry about it. But, yeah, you want to be around them again. It's been, it's been way too long we've been not around our guys. Yeah. The uh, freshman class moved in. Mm. Um, I was going through your Twitter and welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome. I was like, okay, well, who who are all these guys and who are you looking forward to, uh, you know, specifically coaching and pitching? And who do you think could make, you know, you talked about how important a big roster is going to be possibly this year. Uh, who could we possibly see making an impact? That's a great question because when we recruited these guys, they were to replace guys were leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, J.D. Gregson is a catcher that we think highly of him. And, and going out, we thought Andy Thomas would graduate and J.D. would come in and be in the mix. Well, Andy's back, uh, which could be a great matchup because Andy is, is so good behind the plate. And not and throwing a freshman behind the plate is not the easiest thing. Shea Langelier made it look real easy, but, but he's a once-in-a-lifetime guy. So to have J.D. be mentored by Andy Thomas, that's great. Uh, as far as the pitching, you know, I thought I was going to lose – Boyd and Freeman and Kettler, well, they're back. So uh, guys like um, Fontenot, Ty Fontenot, it was a big lefty we love. Cameron Cayley is a, is a two-way guy that we really think can do both. I know some people, you think he can do both, but we've got him w- with the ability to, to be a pitcher and an outfielder. Uh, Adam Muirhead's a young fireballer from, from down the Corpus Christi area, which we have done really well in Corpus Christi with, yeah. with our recruits. So we're, we're excited about him. Uh, Drew Leach is a, is a Baylor kid, and it, when you find talented kids that have Baylor ties, it's even better because they just they want to be here so bad they want to perform for the school. So we can find those kind of guys that that makes it pretty special. But we have a, a lot of Alex Gonzalez is is a football kid that's an infielder outfielder that's coming in that has got some special special leadership qualities about him. Uh, Ryan Patterson, young man whose dad played baseball here, uh, another another special one. So there's a lot of them. It's just with the returning guys coming back, it's hard to see how, how are they really going to fit. But I think at the end of the day, with the guys that they're going to learn from, it'll all be good in the long run. It may be a little harder for them early on as far as playing time, but I think the benefit of, of being mentored by a guy like Andy Thomas and the Jimmy Winstons of the world, I think will benefit them when it's all said and done. I know we, nobody knows this right now, but what do you think the schedule might look like in the spring? Oh, boy. When they're, I mean, when they're pushed to, to push everything a little bit later, is that just a recommendation right now? That that didn't pass, did That has not passed. I don't think it's been voted on. That's something that our coaches association has been in the works for a long time. Okay. I think just with this pandemic, uh, it gave coaches more time to work on it. Yeah. A lot of it makes sense. Um, this may be the year to try it just to, you know, if, if more things can be pushed in the spring, it might be easier to push us back um, with basketball. And I mean, I think obviously we're going to try to go with football here, but if soccer is playing, it, it's to be a little harder. So maybe pushing it back, you know, getting, when we come back into school, we have about three weeks to get pitchers ready. And that's just a disaster waiting to happen. You just see what's going on with major league baseball guys are getting hurt left and right. So it takes a little longer and it, it is cold here in Texas mm-hmm. early on. It really mm-hmm. is in California. It's not so much, but as much as the weather is great in Texas, it, it's really cold in, in February and um, it's just not the best time to be playing baseball. So I could see that. Will we go conference only? I guess that's a possibility. Um, I, I think our head coaches are kind of talking about that right now, maybe to get out in front of it instead of the NC2 making the decision for us, us trying to come up with it, with a good solution of whether it's just going to be conference. And if it's just conference, 
are you going to play more games? Because 30 games is, is probably not enough for a baseball season. So should we play more conference games? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's up to the head coaches and the ADs to figure that out. They just need to tell me when, when I need to have a guy ready. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say about your coaching style? Obviously, 20-plus years of collegiate coaching, nothing can quite prepare you <laughs> to go through what we've been going through. Uh, so what kind of things have you kind of relied on that you've maybe built as a coach throughout the years to help you get through this conflict that is COVID? <laughs> oh, nothing has prepared us. I'm really about preparation. Everything I do is I want to be as prepared as I can going into a game, and I want our guys to be prepared because once you do that, it alleviates stress. Well, I, I have a hard time with this situation because I can't prepare. We've we've had many fall schedules put together on how we're going to do it, and we keep being pushed back. So at a point, we just kind of stopped because it started getting myself myself and Coach Rod frustrated with. Okay, let, this is the starting day. When when you're dealing with pitchers. You've got to start. You've got to work backwards because if I need a guy to throw two innings on a certain date, then I have to prepare him that way. But if I don't have a start date, it's hard to get them started. So um, the preparation, which I kind of pride myself on, is really something I just can't do right now. So all you're doing right now is trying to keep the kids engaged, keep them excited because they're all excited right now. Uh, and the longer they don't get to be around us, the less excited they will be. So you just try to keep engaging them. Um, you know, we 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 went and. I, we didn't decorate their rooms, but before they moved in, we put all their all their gear in their rooms. So when they walked in, they had a bunch of Baylor stuff. To usually we're there and we're helping them move in, but that's not the case. So we just wanted them to have, you know, walk into a room and see a bunch of Baylor gear and, and nice. get excited. So after that, I don't know what else we can do. <laughs> they, they got plenty of stuff, but uh, it, we'll be around them soon enough. Have you had to rely on your guys to uh, to to kind of uh, do their own workouts? Did you give them a workout plan and then report back to you? And how do you, how do you monitor that? Well, we can't do that. I know Coach Tivitz uh, gave the guys a workout plan in the summer, um, what they do and what they don't do. I don't know. Okay. Uh, we kind of live their lives through Twitter. I can huh. see Godwin pitching on Twitter <laughs> is kind of how how I monitor them. Um, you know, some guys did a lot. You know, some of the older guys, I don't think they threw much. So I get to a point where I'm going to have to give them something to do just to kind of prepare them for the season. But are they working out on their own? Probably. They're athletes. That's what they, they like to be active. So I, I don't think they're going to stay stationary. Uh, I, I know I've heard their guy, I called a kid, and he was over at D1 Waco hitting in the batting cages. Hmm. So they're going to stay active you yeah. know, as long as they're doing the right things and um, you, know, follow, you know, following the guidelines and staying socially distant. But like I said, they're, they're kids. It's going to, it's hard to keep them away from each other, especially when you're, when you're trying to build a team bond and they can't bond. Um, cause our guys do such a good job of welcoming the freshmen. That that's something we have prided ourselves on. It's, there's not a, you're a freshman, just, you know, shut up and, and stay out of the way. They're, they're asked to help right away. You know, we don't, when you get older, our, our seniors carry the gear on the road. It's not the freshmen because the freshmen need to get to the bus. They need to get, from here to there. And what happens is you end up uh, in California without baseballs when, <laughs> when the freshmen are taken care of, because they're just trying to get to the bus on time. Right. So the older guys kind of take care of that stuff. You know, the older you get, the more responsibilities you have. So why should that be different when you get into school? I'm trying to get grades and I got to take care of all the equipment. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So we've, we've changed that. And, and our, our seniors will help. I mean, I think the best example we had was, was Matt Menard a few years ago, who was our starting catcher our first year when Shea Langoliers came in, Matt did everything he could to help Shea be the starting catcher without any regard to his playing time. It, mm. it, it was a special bond, and um, he, he mentored Shea into being the starting catcher, and 
You know, Matt, Matt just wanted to win and be successful, and that's what he thought would help us. You know, luckily Matt got to DH and it was very successful. But that's that's the kind of people we have in, in our program. You know, Kyle Hill, Boyd will help you take his job. You know, because I think those guys know that if you're better than him, we're going to be pretty good. Um, so that, that's just kind of how we foster our, our relationship with our guys. Hmm. Obviously, we've talked a lot on this podcast, not just with you, but with everyone about Zoom and how we're probably Zoomed out at this point. Um, But have you guys done anything unique via Zoom um, to kind of try to help build those bonds since they can't be together? No. I mean, as far as unique, no. We've For the last month and a half, we have a Zoom meeting every Monday, Thursday. Nothing special, just to be in their ear just so that, you know, and there's a lot of information with COVID cause it's, it seems like it changes every oh, day. Yeah. What's going on, what you can wear, what you can't wear. Um, the gator thing really disappointed a lot of guys because, yeah, yeah. um, that seemed to be the, the easier way to do it. Well, if you can't use those, but, uh, just to be in their ear and let them understand that we're, we're here, we're still thinking about you. We're still planning. Um, that that's what we've been trying to get out of it, but nothing crazy, special games or anything like that. How much do you watch uh, Major League Baseball? I, probably every night, right? I, you know, I, I follow the Dodgers, so I watch right. them every night. Um, we've had a lot more time on our hands. Right. Um, when, when baseball came back, that was exciting. I, watching Hamilton, I love Hamilton, but you can only watch it 100 times or so before <laughs> you need to change the channel and watch something Once else. Once is good for me. Once is good. <laughs> <laughs> but what, when you watch, are you coaching while you're watching? Are you trying to pick up things? Or are you watching our guys like Max Muncy with the Dodgers? What, when you watch, what are you watching? When I watch... I am a fan, but I will tell you when I watch Dan Castano pitch, it's a little harder because I am thinking about yeah, what yeah. he's doing. <laughs> it, it, I'm a little more vo- emotionally involved because I know him and I'm thinking, oh, why, why'd you throw that? Or <laughs> you got to throw this. Uh, but he's guys that I know, I will maybe start getting a little, the, you know, <laughs> the, the intensity. But other than that, I don't get into it. I mean, I, I cheer for Max Muncy, number one, because he's a Baylor guy. Number two, because he's a Dodger. Sure. It's a perfect combination. <laughs> he is struggling a little bit yes, right now. Yes, <laughs> So that that's hard to watch, but I, I, I don't – there's enough stress coaching it that I don't need to get involved in things you can't control. I can't control the way those games go. But like I said, when you see Dan out there and I know him so well and I want him to do so well, that, that, that gets me going a little bit. Yeah. Did you get to talk to Dan at all before or after his first start? I You know, it's funny. Dan got called up. He sent the text um, to myself and Rod. He, was, he got called up exciting, and then they had the outbreak, mm-hmm. which was – scary because sometimes things happen you don't get that chance all of a sudden maybe the season's canceled maybe you get it too and, and that opportunity might not have been there so he was in a holding panner then he finally got the opportunity so he texted me he was starting and you know text back and forth he was very appreciative of all the well wishes that uh, Baylor had for him um, I texted him his first game you know I thought he made some good pitches but he made a couple bad pitches um, but after his last he started actually a couple of days ago and didn't do very well, but his second start, he pitched really well. And I just liked his pitch mix. So I texted him after the game. I don't want to bother those guys too much. You know, you know, they're getting it from so many people. Um, you know, I, I know he appreciates it, but I don't, I don't want to get into their head too much that they're worried about answering me or doing something else. It's hard enough. He, I know he wants to stay there and he wants to work. So I'll, I'll see him in the off season at some point and we'll, we'll rehash whatever he wants to rehash. Very neat. Well, I know that obviously the Baylor family is excited to get sports back. We were talking baseball specifically, um, but we're, we've been talking about football and all the different fall sports and just athletics in general. Excited to finally get those back as everyone's kind of starting school this week. Um, so 
I want to ask you, not specifically baseball, because obviously we know that you want to, we, you just want to see them. It's been a while, but uh, what are you looking forward to most when Baylor athletics return? Well, obviously it's the kids being back and moving around and trying to have some semblance of normalcy. I want to see this football team play. I'm excited for this team. I love football. I coached my first Long Beach State, Loyola Marathon. All the schools I coached at before I got here didn't have football. So this whole football experience, we would have to recruit against it because you'd have the big schools and football. And I would say, what do you care about football? You don't play football. It's like five games a year at home. Who cares? Well, then you come out here and you know, this is a big deal. It's a little different. This adds, (laughs) well, it adds a lot to what you get. I mean, the facilities are created a lot because of what football brings in. So you, your student athletes get a lot more and the, the students just in general, there's a lot more for you. So being here, you get excited and you get into college football and, and watching what has happened in the last couple of years and you know, what, what, which coach rule did. And, you know, coach Aranda is doing, it's, it's really exciting. So you want to see that, you know, we have soccer field right next to us. So what coach Jobson, you know, our guys are, Seem to interact with the, the, soft, the soccer players a lot. Yeah. We've had some some girlfriends. Uh, <laughs> there. So seeing them go and how hard they work, you want you want to see them get going. You know, we went through it without playing. I, I don't want anyone else to go through it. They don't need to experience that. You know, having having their student athletes not play that that's not something that anyone else needs to experience. Um, so I want to get that. And then you know, obviously our volleyball team. I think they're going to be pretty good. We, we've got some unbelievable programs right now. And what, what basketball is? What a special year this could be for our basketball programs. Uh, Coach Drew might have his best team he's had, uh, and Coach Mulkey always has a great team. So we, we have national championship hopes. So for them not to experience that, that would be really disappointing. So I, I just want to see them go. I like watching Baylor on TV and, and going to the games if we can. Yeah. Hopefully we have that in the very near future. <laughs> mm-hmm. Terrific to have you on with us. Appreciate your awesome. time. Thanks very much. Anytime. And I uh, hope you get with your guys face-to-face here soon. Yes. And uh, look forward to the season in the spring of 2021. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Coach John Strauss, Baylor baseball assistant coach, pitching coach with us. For Brooke Bednars and Coach Strauss, I'm John Morris. We'll talk to you next week with our next Sikkim podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim podcast. Presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco. Online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.